Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where da-da-da. Yeah, that's it. That's the intro. This is the podcast. (laughs) This is the podcast. It's funny, like, we've done how many? Like, 50 episodes? This is 53. I swear to you, I can't, I can't, I don't know the intro. I don't know it. (laughs) When you just skip over that part? When you listen now? I know the gist of what you're saying. Okay. I know. It's not like, oh, that's the first time I've ever heard that. It's just, right. if you ask me to do it, to recite it, I can't recite it. I don't know it by heart. The only time you comment on it is when I fuck up or yeah, or or when I made the the submission part much more streamlined. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a better way of saying it. It's literally the only yeah. two times you've commented. Yeah. How about that? I guess, yeah, I mean, is this interesting? This isn't a good cold open. It's cold. I want you to try it, and then I'll do it. Okay. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show. Isn't Isn't it? it? Isn't it? It's possible. I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies there's probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? What story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> just remember that. 
You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding go. a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all so over. <laughs> the podcast where we review movies that you think you don't like but you might actually like <laughs> i mean hasn't that's zach harper that's anthony mays uh as a reminder if you're going to submit a uh submission <laughs> <laughs> make sure that the rotten tomato score is below 40 percent on either the critics or the audience score <laughs> this week we review the 2000 and something movie R.I.P.D. Starring Ryan Reynolds and uh, the guy from uh, The Big Lebowski. <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man. All right. Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. We're gonna do it all over? Shit. I just... I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. If you have a submission, just a reminder, it needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or critic score. This week on Cinephobe, we watch the 2013 action-adventure comedy, R.I.P.D. That's right. You do say the genre of the movie. I do, yeah. I also don't say, if you have a submission, submit it. It's like, what's the definition of a dictionary? Oh, you know, it's a dictionary. It helps you with your diction. RPD starts Ryan Reynolds, Jeff Bridges, and Kevin Bacon. Oh, that's right. He is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He's on. Um, what do you. He's the villain. He's sizzling. I've got notes. At the time, Reynolds was coming off of Safe House in 2012 and Green Lantern in 2011. Oof, rough year. Rough span. Mississippi Grind in 2015. Bridges had been in True Grit and Tron Legacy in 2010, and he would be in The Giver in 2014. This is Ryan Reynolds' third appearance on this podcast after Six Underground and a silent cameo in A Million Ways to Die in the West. That's right. Bridges first? Bacon's first? Bridges and Bacon, first-timers. But but my my man, the the Chinese guy, uh, the old Chinese man. What do you think his name is? James Fong, right? Hong. Oh, so close. Yeah, still racist. (laughs) <laughs> how many how many he's been on on cinephobe a couple of times tango and cash and we did it on on mad dogs oh, we did balls of fury balls of fury that's right kevin bacon had been in jane manfield's car in 2012 <laughs> what i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's her actual car or if that's a project and he would be in cop car in 2015 he's just in cars just in cars but he wasn't in cars but not in cars right exactly mary louise parker from weeds is also in this movie james hong from balls of fury is in this 
supermodel Marissa Miller. Santa Cruz's own. And Mike O'Malley, who I think looks like the white Jared Dudley. There is a semblance there, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, not so much the nose, but the eyes and the shape of the head. Yeah. Yes. I. You know, by the way, Mike O'Malley, the actual uh, writer and I believe creator of Survivor's Remorse. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the LeBron show, right? That is the LeBron show. Yep. I still have never seen that. What's it on? Stars? Stars. It's a pretty good show. Pretty- All right, I'm going to watch Yeah, you've said it's actually pretty good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch yeah. it. And Larry Joe Campbell, a.k.a. Hoghead from Hoghead. Hoghead, yeah. I do have a note about that. Oh, that was up. him. Yeah, it's Hoghead. Yeah. And Buzz from Home Alone, the brother. Oh, no. Yeah, that's Really? Him. Wow, yes. he's aged horribly. Horribly. Oh, my God. R.I.P.D. was directed by Robert Schwenke, who has also directed Flight Plan. Get Schwenke in Red. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You gotta get Schwifty. You gotta get Schwifty in here. It's time to get Schwifty. Get Schwifty? What the hell is that? It's our world's best effort, that's what. Take off your pants and your panties. Shit on the floor. Time to get Swifty in here. I'm Mr. Bulldogs. Mr. Bulldogs? Don't analyze it, Nathan. It's working. Take a shit on the floor. Time to get Swifty in here. Hey, take your pants off. It's Swifty time today. Flight Plan probably qualifies, and it should if it doesn't, and it is an awful movie. Is that the one with Jodie Foster? Yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. It's really bad. (laughs) You love that movie? Yo, I thought that movie was so good, man. Are you confusing it with Red Eye? The plane is going to blow up before it lands or something. Like, there's there's a terrorist. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. He's got to find something. I, 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 I don't know. I seem to remember it being entertaining. Flight plan, 37%. That's a maybe. Time traveler's wife, 39%. Really? I like the time traveler's wife. Never seen it. Allegiant, 11%. Insurgent, 28%. This dude's got a catalog. Yeah, this dude's got a catalog. Also did Red. Five different writing credits thanks to it apparently being a comic book. Peter Lankov and Lucas Marangon. Marangon? I don't know. Created the comic book. Marangon. Lankov wrote Demolition Man, Son-in-Law, and three TV reboots, Hawaii Five-0, MacGyver, and Magnum P.I. In my head, what happened when you said Lankov, Demolition Man, I just heard Lawnmower Man, mm. and that is not the case. But he did write Ballistic X versus Sever. Okay. Oh, nice. I thought you were going to say he did write Lawnmower Man, too. Future Son of I kind of got to know how it ends now, you know? Aren't you excited about that? Aren't you curious? Lawnmower Man Revolutions. Oh, my God. <laughs> Screenplay and story credits by Phil Hay and Matt Manfredi. Hay wrote Crazy Beautiful, The Tuxedo, Ride Along, Ride Along 2, and the announced Ride Along 3. <laughs> uh, Manfredi is his writing partner, did the same stuff. And they did Clash of the Titans, Future Cinephobe, and Aeon Flux, Future Cinephobe. Oh, you think these, or let me ask you guys a question. You think these guys are rich? Yes. They got to be rich yes. at this yes. point, right? Yeah. No, those movies are... They're pulling out $140 from the ATM, yes. <laughs> That's a future callback. There you go. David Dobkin gets a story credit for this. He wrote The Judge, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and he was a producer on Fred Claus. Attaboy. Synopsis for RIPD. 
A recently slain cop joins a team of undead police officers working for the Rest in Peace Department and tries to find the man who murdered him. Sort of, at the end. Not really. That last part of it. Yeah. Tagline, to protect and serve the living. Are they? I guess sort of. Sort of. And then the other tagline, they're defending our world, one soul at a time. Estimated budget, $130 million, and I believe it got up to like $154 million with like some tax stuff or I don't know. <laughs> yes. It's one of the biggest box office flops of all time. According to Deadline, the budget was more than the $130 million the studio claimed was $154 million even after $28.1 million in tax rebates. Oh, wow. Wow. So we're looking at one eighty-two. <sighs> Well, it only made 33 million U.S. and 78.3 million worldwide. Talk numbers much? No, I talk hoops. It's a good one. I can't. I have no comeback for that. Uh, his, his his social handles are all at talk hoops. So and also on Venmo. Uh, so let's jump into this movie before listening to the rest of it. R.I.P.D. is a rental because Amin Al Hassan is a terrorist. You did this to hurt me. Yes, I did. Yeah, specifically for the the run of awful movies you've been on. That have hurt me, even as I tried to save the pod, and now I've decided mm-hmm. I'm not saving the pod anymore. Maze, was that last movie I picked awful? Feels like we filed that. I filed it. So maybe a little disagreement there. Now, how I had I done something else? I think that would be a valid move by you. I do also think you played this card way too soon. He played my card. He's playing other people's cards. <laughs> He's a terrorist. All right. Let me just say, calling me a terrorist. Almost as problematic as this movie. <laughs> I gotta say, it didn't feel right coming out of my mouth the second time, for sure. It's no fly zone, Zach. Yeah. Oh, wow. Rotten Tomato score. RIPD receives 13% from critics on 103 reviews, wow. 38% from the audience on over 82,000 ratings. Oh, no one liked it, huh? Nobody liked it. It's, I mean, it's awful. It's my least favorite movie of all time. That's just like... Your opinion, man. It's worse than Good Luck Chuck. Good Luck Chuck was like a 3%, right, wasn't it? It was It was down there. Man, that was a long time ago. 5%. This is much worse. All right. I mean, do you want the positive or the negative reviews? You know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so give me the positives. Wow, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody's thinking it's half empty. Camilla Long why, of why Sunday Times. I literally do this every episode. Why are you I, laughing? I don't know what, because now you're aware of the drop being in there. Yes, I am. And so it feels like you're playing to the drop. And he doesn't like it anymore. Oh, he doesn't like it anymore? I think he's over it. I, I think it's like he, he thought it was a good like little slogan, and then no. now it's played out. No, no. You talking about like the Michael Jordan thing or me saying, can, uh, no, I like it. I like it. I like, you know what? Like, as I've been listening to more of these episodes, I like how it's taking shape that you know, the early episodes were like Wild West. I won't lie, man. Like, man, we're, I don't blame we're you. all over the place. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Now, like, we've kind of got a rhythm and kind of got mileposts. We're giving people mileposts to look forward to. Camilla Long of Sunday Times UK. The chase scenes and special effects are great, or at least much better than I anticipated. Mm. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's <laughs> the positive review. Blake Howard of 2UE, that movie show. RIPD may look like something that you've seen before, and you kind of have. But with deft direction, the primal allure of redemption, and lightning pace, prepare for a surprisingly entertaining ride. Nothing deft about this. I know. I said I was the deft what? They mean deaf? Primal allure of redemption? What the fuck are you talking about? 
Primal has primal allure. <laughs> Tim, Mar- <laughs> Tim Martin of the Mercury, Australia. It was nice to watch a movie that had no delusions of grandeur. A simple flick that both plays to its strengths and makes light of its own weaknesses. Oh, man. What was it, $182 million? No, del- no delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Tim Evans of Sky Cinema. You won't die laughing, but it's a pleasant enough diversion. Yeah, I think that's... Fuck off. Aaron Free of Film Inc. Australia. The brilliant Jeff Bridges is pretty much the whole show in this lazily enjoyable tale of afterlife cops doing battle with ghostly ghouls. Gabe dude a beeper. Rafer Guzman of Newsday. Despite its flaws, R.I.P.D. is a fairly entertaining and frequently funny movie. Any relation to Luis? Or Rafer Alston. Yes, because that's typically how it works. Chris Knight of National Post. You won't see it popping up on any best of lists, but it is an adequate 96-minute time waster. I think the only words I, I agree with is time waster. <laughs> and 96, it is 96 minutes. That's true. Daniel M. Kimmel, last one. Daniel M. Kimmel of North Shore Movies. It's the sort of movie that, if the air conditioning is working and the popcorn is handy, can provide a nice way to beat the heat. These don't sound like positive reviews. Yeah, because it's a dog shit movie. Well, what do the negative reviews sound like? At this point of time, my thought on critics not liking stuff is, then turn it off, you fucking weirdo. You have so (laughs) many options. People who watch an entire project to hate on it, Man, it is so weird to me. Matthew Thrift of Little White Lies. So generic, a cut-and-paste job is the film's very aesthetic cue. It's surprising to even find a director's name surface in the closing credits. That was the criticism? (laughs) Kyle Smith. (laughs) He's mad that someone took credit for him. Kyle Smith of New York Post. Every movie coming out this year but R.I.P.D. should pause for a big sigh of relief. The possibility of any of them being called the worst cinematic effort of 2013 has, as of today, just about disappeared. See what you did there, Kyle. James Berardinelli of Real Views. It's not funny. It's not exciting. It's not engaging. It's a waste of time and money. Having seen it, I can understand why it was hidden from critics. The disappointment is that it wasn't hidden from everyone else as well. Oh, so they didn't do any screenings for this movie. No screenings for this. That's why oh. there are so many. The majority of the positive reviews are all overseas. It's nice. <laughs> wah, wah, wee, wah. I would take my wife. My wife. Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. A half hour into the film and it feels like the eighth day of jury duty. Wow. Dana Stevens of Slate. With its low-stakes chase scenes, obvious from the get-go villains, and nonsensical plotting, this feels more like a 96-minute long episode of Scooby-Doo that's been laboriously translated into another language and then back into English. Aw, Scoob! There were definitely moments where I I questioned the writing, whether it was actually written in Oh, there were moments when (laughs) you questioned the writing? No, as far as the dialogue. Fuck's sake. A whole movie! Three more. Barbara Vandenberg of Arizona Republic. It's an unpleasant way to pass a couple summer hours. Bruce DeMara of Toronto Star. One can't help but wonder what the heck Jeff Bridges is doing there. I know. And then Blige Abir of New York Magazine and Vulture. God, where do I start? <laughs> is he talking to God at that moment? <laughs> I don't know. Amin, what is your first note? My first note, now I don't know if you guys experienced this. This is a very uh, unconventional first note. 
But for me, when I rented it, I rented it on Amazon Prime. By the way, it comes on Sci-Fi next week, so don't rent oh, it. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Allegedly, allegedly. We don't know if we can trust Sci-Fi. <laughs> That's true. Sci-Fi has been known to just make things up. They said they had After Earth. They did they not. Did. When I rented it, the first screen I got was the old screen you used to get when you watched the VHS tapes, which is piracy is not a victimless crime and FBI Ooh, logo. I haven't and seen all. that in forever. I haven't seen it forever. I was shocked. I was like, is this a, a Prime rental thing? I'm like, no, I've rented a bunch of things on Prime. I've, I've never, since we started this podcast, had that intro screen come up, which, as I said, is very recognizable if you, you know, remember VHS tapes. Like, Absolutely. You know, it was always the first thing that would come up. It was this piracy, anti-piracy warning, right? And then I wrote, who the fuck is pirating this shit? You, actually, I mean, that would be terrorism. If you pirated this movie to make it easier for people to access. That's you'd be arrested for that? You should be yes. arrested for that. Not for the piracy part of it, yeah, not- but for giving RIPD to people. Yes. It, it, is, it, is, it is piracy of a different sort. You're an actual pirate. <laughs> All right, so that's your first note. Let me read this headline that I found when I was searching around. This is my favorite headline. It actually came out when they saw the trailer. I gotta be honest, my heart is not in this episode. FYI, RIPD is not M-I-B-I-M-O. Whoever reacted, reacted incorrectly. Or correctly, if we're talking about quality-wise. Because it definitely is an M-I-B. Tried to be. Oh, it did. It definitely did. It tried to be. I mean, like, even the set design. Of course, it's the same fucking thing! And the weapons. And like, I mean, yeah. like, they went super hard with it. I make a note at some point, why don't they just do the face scanning thing for everybody so they don't see it? I was waiting for the neuralizer to make yeah. an appearance. Yeah. So we get Ryan Reynolds' voice. You think you've had a bad day at work? I think I've got you beat. A cartoonishly fat CGI, fat bastard-looking thing comes through a door, gets away from Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. It's moving extremely agile. It even jumps with its feet planted on the side of a building. It says, suck it, and then it runs away. Ryan says, three or four days ago, I didn't know this world existed. And then a rolling car smokes him. He says, three or four days ago, I wasn't in the rest in peace department. And we get RIPD imaging. And I write, why the fuck don't we have a definite time? What is the significance of three or four days ago? Pick one. They're trying to be cute, right? Like, movies do this often when they have Ryan Reynolds in it. It's a dead, yeah, Deadpool, right? But Deadpool came out after this, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, they, no, but they, they do this with a lot of Ryan Reynolds movies. Like, because he does this, like, snarky kind of funny way of talking. They try to, like, retrofit the movie to fit him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, we get the three or four days ago graphic. Ryan is burying some kind of broken gold plate in the backyard. You guys ever buried anything? No. Maze? Just parts of this podcast. I was going to say his feelings. He's sleeping in bed. A girl jumps on him, says a French girl gets a drop on Boston's finest. They're flirting. She says there's an orange tree in the backyard. There is no sexual tension here. Okay, a question. Are couples like this? No. It's been a while since I've, you know, <laughs> been coupled. So I, I, I don't I don't recall doing the whole schmoopsy-poo kind of. Like, it was the, the things that they were saying to each other. I was like, I don't think this is how people talk to one another. No, and I'm in a fairly new relationship. Like, it's less than a year, right? And Still got that new car smell. But it's also, it's also get into bed on our sides of the bed and shit. Like, that's not a thing. Like, we're nice to each other. We're romantic. We say nice things to each other. But, like, it's not like a, you're my everything. 
you're the reason I want to get a bigger house or car or whatever the fuck he says. It doesn't matter. You're the inspiration. God, I would I would just listen to that song for 96 minutes on loop. Who's more annoying, this French wife or Bruce Willis's French girlfriend in Pulp Fiction? Is <laughs> she French? Because I got questions about accents in this movie. Yes, yes. Accents are definitely a theme Hers in this movie. goes away. So I don't think she's actually French in this movie. I didn't know anything until later on I, I discovered, like, does she have a French accent? It, it, like, it hit me out of the blue because in this scene, I didn't notice a French accent. And then when it hit me out of the blue, it's like, no, she definitely has a French accent. And I'm like, wait, does France ever link into any of this? I got thrown by the name. Her name is Stephanie Sostak with a Z. She's French-American. She's Sostak. Uh, also... I was watching Pulp Fiction literally last night. Whoa. And I was, not the whole thing. I started, a, I caught the scene right where Marcellus Wallace and the- uh, uh, Gimp scene. Whatever Bruce Willis' character's name is. The escape, right? They have a conversation, they escape. Oh, yeah. He goes back to the uh, hotel and she comes out and she's talking. And all I could think of is, God, she's so annoying. Just shut the fuck up and get on the motorcycle. So it's funny, Maze, that you bring that up like literally the next day. Yeah, it's great. Good story. <laughs> It's like your activities are being monitored, I mean. <laughs> I know. And also, out of nowhere, 88 minutes into the movie, we get a Boston accent out of Kevin yes. Bacon. Oh, no, we're, we're leading to that. We're leading out to that. fucking nowhere. We are leading to that. Don't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> Go after the horse. Fucking bury the horse alive. All right, yeah, they're flirting. She says there's an orange tree in the backyard. It's what he used to, like, hide the gold over it. He says it's a symbol of prosperity. They talk about wanting more. He says she worries about money. She says he's the one that worries about money, not her. He's everything she needs. We find out they're married. He's going to work. She's going for a run. They're in Boston. I definitely thought it was the Washington Monument, but it's the Bunker Hill Monument. I was like, the Washington Monument is really small. (laughs) Also, all of a sudden, it's on a hill. Kevin Bacon is walking through the precinct. He's busting balls and making small talk, guys. Where are we on Kevin Bacon? We like him or no? I was going to say this. Is Kevin Bacon ever a good guy? I feel like it's been 30 years since he was a protagonist in a movie. I'd say he's the bad guy in Footloose, if we really think about it. There you go. Yeah. He brought the devil to that town with his dancing feet. And that that wasn't just his feet. They're never afraid of the feet. Oh. Hips. City on a Hill, he plays an anti-hero. Like he's a piece of shit in all of these movies. Yeah. He's got to be a piece of shit in real life then too, right? Well, he also plays cops a lot. Again, he's a piece of shit in all these movies. He's Ryan Reynolds' partner, apparently. We get a naked Larry Joe Campbell in the scene. Hoghead from Hall Pass. Get a robe or something. You're asking too much of that towel. Bacon asks Ryan what he did with his. He says he buried it. Bacon says that's not the worst idea since it's gold and you bury gold. This is a very complicated case. You know, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. Ryan says he's out. Kevin Bacon scoffs. He says he'll take care of everything. Then a drug bust turned into this gold falling into their laps, and he needed this for his wife. That's how they got the gold. He says they have to turn the whole thing in, and then they get interrupted with news that Garza and his whole meth operation are gettable now, and everyone is moving on this bus. On this bust. (laughs) 
I had a typo there. As they're driving, Ryan Reynolds is doing his Ryan Reynolds shit over the yeah. cop radio. I chuckled. Did you? Yeah, when he said Detective Hayes advises avoiding getting shot. Like I, I, I like I, I gave a polite chuckle. And he makes a joke about Kevin's charm bracelet. Check off Saint Christopher medal. He wears it for protection. This stops bullets. That stops you from getting dates. Ryan Reynolds says in regards to the vest he's wearing. Zing! Yeah, one line too far. This raid is the loudest, most obvious raid of all time. There's some really strange cinematography in this movie already. We've got weird pans and zooms. This drug bust is so frantic. And then we're like shooting up from the ground for some reason. So I was getting a little nauseous. Pitoff vibes. I was getting chaos vibes. I was getting all the vibes. I was getting nauseous, man. The camera was moving too too quick. Also, no knock warrant. Huh. We kind of knocked. No, they didn't. They shot the door. It's a knock. To them. It's Boston PD. I mean, what do you think? What do you think is happening? It's, it's PD. They, they bust in shooting like crazy. No questions asked. They're clearing corners. They're shooting bad guys. Reynolds has his eyes on Garza and nearly gets shot. He goes up the stairs to the catwalk and Garza escapes out the window. Kevin Bacon walks in and says he can't let him turn that gold in. Then he shoots Ryan Reynolds off the edge and he hits his head and he falls to the ground about a thousand feet apparently. And uh, and he's dead. Does he shoot him in the head? No, he shot him in the chest, right? He's wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Okay. But he hits his head. I mean, he looks like he didn't get shot by any bullets. Right. The, the fall killed him. But then he makes a reference to getting shot through the face. Right. He makes multiple references for the rest of the movie about getting shot in the face. Right. Which leads me to believe they filmed it with him getting shot in the face, and then the censors were like, no, he can't shoot oh, somebody in the face. Yeah. And so then they went back and changed it, but neglected to change any of the other dialogue. He opens his eyes, and everything in time is frozen. Explosion, birds, everything walks outside he sees a hole open in the sky he starts floating up and he gets sucked up into the clouds along with other people so this is a nice connection to lawnmower man because we got people getting sucked into giant cgi buttholes again we built this city we built this city on cgi we built this city on cgi sudden he's in a chair in an all-white office with mary louise parker as proctor she's drinking a fresca in a glass bottle and i know that mark stein is all about this but everything tastes better out of glass bottles and that's a fact she's explained the situation to him she's been in that chair before she's given him time to ease into it she's drinking a fresca she says being a dirty cop is one of the highest shot in the face jobs he says that's not who he is he has the skills they want he can take chances with judgment or he can join the r.i.p.d he said it! He said it! They find people who have managed to escape judgment and they ship them off to where they belong. And each tour is a hundred years. He gets to go back to Boston if he says yes. I think you're smelling what I'm selling. Or like his other option is he's he faces judgment. Yeah. Right? And like, do you want to take your chances with that? Basically saying like, have you been a good human who's going to go to heaven or you're going to get screwed over. So you're, you're better off serving this hundred years. And then I guess they get to go to heaven anyway. Well, they still have to go to judgment and she'll make a, she'll give him a good recommendation, but it's not guaranteed. And he definitely doesn't get to get his old life back in Boston. I wrote, I find it adorable that bad cops don't go to hell. They just get to be bad cops in the afterlife. 
gets branded with his RIPD badge. She walks him to a jail of some sort. Apparently, Steely Dan is always playing. I couldn't hear it. Could you guys hear the Steely Dan? No. Yeah, it's like Muzak version. So faint. Yeah, there was yeah, it's music. very, it's very, it's very faint. Also, uh, by the way, shout out to R.I.P.D. Scottsdale, which gets a, a shout out there. Yes, it gets a shout out here. They, they mentioned that all the bad souls, I guess, are called dettos. That's really brilliant writing. Until they pop, they look like regular people. So no one except us knows there's monsters inside. You see, if you slip through the cracks and stay on Earth after you die, your soul rots. They rot, the world rots. Global warming, black plague, bad cell reception. Get it? Big time Basil in this scene. And this movie should be just called, uh, you know, R.I.P. Exposition. Because every other scene is exposition. Yeah. Yeah, it's expl- Oh, my God. This movie fucking sucks. We're blaming the dead for bad cell service now? R.I.P.D. kept these dead people from over on the earth, blah, blah, blah. And then they walk into a Men in Black headquarters ripoff. Yes. Full of the best detectives ever. It's the third biggest precinct. Boca and RIPD Scottsdale are the biggest. Shout out to Scottsdale. Some guy says chest hair is making a big comeback. That wasn't funny and it never comes back to mean anything in the movie. You never even see him again. And it's terrible ADR. I'm telling you, chicks dig it. A giant ditto breaks free and goes running. Jeff Bridges shoots him by lethaling up. This aggression will not stand, man. He says he'll plant a gun on him. It makes him feel better. He's a one-man operation. He doesn't want a partner. His last movie before this was True Grit, and he's still just Rooster Cogburn. So he's a cartoon character at this point. That's all Jeff Bridges is. Sometimes that cartoon character works. Most of the time it doesn't. Does it count to be acting your ass off if you think you're still doing another movie? No, absolutely not. Okay. Like, I would much rather blown away Jeff Bridges than cartoonish cowboy whoa, Jeff Bridges. Whoa. you'd rather what blown away oh blown away yeah i'd rather blow jeff bridges than watch him be a cartoonish cowboy <laughs> same he does the fake handshake that poppy does on highly questionable says ryan has to earn that handshake do they shake hands at the end no no so it never comes back <laughs> i forgot actually to be honest i forget grab your huevos they go into the bathroom it shoots them down to some vcr repair store the irony of this movie comparing anything to flushing a toilet. Oh, my God. Proctor likes to start newbies off with some closure, so they go to his funeral. Jeff Bridges is a cartoon character. He says, this moment is not about me. It's about you letting go. And he keeps talking as he says to soak it in, and that's when Ryan Reynolds says, thank you for letting me soak it in. Sees Kevin Bacon hug the widow. Is Kevin Bacon going to dirty Mac? Okay. Looked like it. Oh, yeah. It definitely looked like it. He says he'll wait for her. Jeff's funeral was watching a bunch of coyotes pick my carcass clean and drag my bones off into a cave. A freaking cave, hoss. Oh, God. None of this is funny. None of it. Ryan goes running into the funeral, tracks down Julia. He says he's here and he doesn't know how, but he is. She says, sorry, I don't know you. Cops grab him. Bacon asks what his problem is. He tries to get to Kevin Bacon, but he's pulled away. Bacon and Julia leave together. Yeah. Jeff Bridges says that went well. Also, not believable because the cops would have just beat the shit out of this guy, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Minority? Especially, yeah. Given he's a minority, we're going to yeah. find that out in the next line, I guess. We find out he doesn't look like him or sound like him. They can't tell who they are. It gets garbled by the universe when they try to explain it. It's a cosmic witness protection program. He gets his ID and we find out he's James Hong. Yeah. Oh, I love James Hong, man. Oh, he's fantastic. I love him. Absolutely. He's fantastic in this movie. Let me ask you a question. Is, he's in Chinatown. He's a, a young James Hong is in Chinatown. Is 
Big movie, Trouble not, in Little not, China. Sorry, like Chinatown, the movie, not Chinatown. Like I'm not trying to. Make, Jesus oh man, yeah, give me a shovel. It's really distracting for me calling you a terrorist a couple of times earlier. Is Big Trouble in Little China problematic? I loved that movie as a kid, but now I do, I don't know. I don't remember, but I'm just gonna go with the name. The name sounds problematic. Bridges gets to be a hot blonde. It's Marissa Miller. We see the view of workers at the cemetery, and they think she's hot. They get in the car, and they leave. He brings Ryan up to speed. When you ride with me, you ride with the best. Pace is lightning. Expectations high. Things are going to come at you fast. They're going to come hot, and they're going to come wet. The way he is splaying his legs while driving this car is literally impossible. Yes. Basically, I guess he's gas and braking with his left foot and got his right foot up by where Ryan Reynolds is. (laughs) Yeah, up by, like, the center console. Yeah, which is uh, kind of, uh, I mean, considering if everyone else sees him as a woman. Right. Would be really, really weird. Right? Yeah, really also, yeah, weird. that dress would not allow that. I mean, that dress has to be hiked all the way up. It'll be hiked all the way up. All the way up. Baby. Also, I did laugh at the way Ryan Reynolds said wet. Is wet? Who is more annoying in this movie? Everybody, Ryan Reynolds, every, French wife or French Montana? Whole fucking thing. Everybody. Oh, no, no. French wife. French Montana might as well be in this movie. <laughs> They're looking for a suspect. They'll test for Dedo status. Find out Bridges from the 1800s. He was a lawman. His name was Roycephus? Pulsifer. Ryan says it sounds like an STD. Very sexy name at the time. Call him Roy or Cephas. Just call me Roy. I was going to do that. I like that. That was I, that was funny. You laughed. So you even laughed. I at laughed it, at you saying it. I didn't laugh at the movie. Oh, are you going to amaze me now? Ryan says not to say one word about his wife. Jeff says to get some distance because they are over. Says that he had a partner who was the greatest man who ever lived, but he shot him. Would have loved to get a get shot with a modern bullet. It's sanitary. And that's when Ryan Reynolds says that's exactly how it felt when it passed in my face. Sanitary. That's when I wrote the note. He gets distracted by some girl's ankles. In my day, women, they dress very conservatively. I don't think that's how it works, though. No. Like, if, yeah, I get it, like, you would judge women by their ankles, but then if one day you saw them without any of those restrictive clothes. You saw a knee, you'd bust a nut. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't be so focused on the ankle. Like, get those titties out of my face. I want to see that ankle. Ugh. It doesn't make any sense either because he's judging things based on that, but then he mentions, like, scrubbing porn from a laptop later. Yeah. <laughs> so does, that doesn't make any sense. He does sense. seem very up-to-date on some yes. parts of society. Yes. Right. But he can't drive. They go to a skyscraper looking for a possible Dedo. They have a tactical bag of Indian food. Dedos put off uh, bad, dead mojo, infect everything with their soul stink. I was like, is the Dedo going to be black, and is that racist? Oh, boy. I wrote Dedo Expo. Whole scene, them walking into the building, going upstairs, walking yeah. up to that door is nothing but exposition. I would say 75% of this movie is exposition. The dialogue. Uh, that is conservative. There's broken stuff as a dead giveaway. They're, they push a broken button. They find a broken elevator. Gives him soul killer bullets. Real world guns don't work for them. Bridges looks down a hallway, sees flickering lights, all kinds of shit around a doorway. You ready? You pumped? Need you all here. Get your snowman on. Get frosty. Alert. Assy hot. Is this you trying to sound like a cop? Because it throws up a lot of red flags for me. Gotta learn the lingo, Umbrito. Th- this is where I legitimately laugh. When he said, is this you? Because the way he looked at us, is, is this you trying to sound like a cop? Because I was like, what the fuck is he doing? I, <laughs> Why does he keep saying all these other words and stuff? He's adding asses to his body. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Roy says he knocks and Ryan does the cards. They tell the guy 
they suspect he might be dead. He says he's not dead. Check his pulse. Ryan reads a card about a scenario in which he'd possibly accept chicken vindaloo. He reads another card with another scenario. Bridges is eating the Indian food in front of him. The guy starts burping. He transforms into a deado. Maybe it's a cumin. For some reason, the Indian food does the trick, right? This interrogation is very, very Tony Shalhoub men in black scene. Mm. Where it's a guy, yep. and I'm not, I don't yep. know what you're talking about. Da, 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 and like, oh my God, I just converted, and now you got me. Like, it, it is almost a shot for shot remake. And the only thing they added was Indian food. He's trying to cuff him. He gets hit with a fridge door. He cuffs him to the guy. The guy rips his own arm off. He grabs, like, milk or something? I don't really understand what that was. They focused in on the milk. Not clear why. But then it's, like, solid coming out. Bad milk? The milk went bad, I guess? Yes, I don't know. He jumps out a window. He falls to a roof. He gets up. Jeff pushes Ryan Reynolds out the window, rides him through the air. He rides him like Slim Pickens rode the bomb in Dr. Strangelove. Yes. Also, relax, body. Wish that bomb would hit my apartment right now. Slim Pickens, Zach. They have the dead caught. Ryan beats him with his own arm. He pukes up similar gold to what Ryan had buried. As he charges Ryan, Jeff Bridges shoots him. He starts giving him a performance report. You have a very impressive crumple zone. C plus. Question. How do you handcuff a one-armed man? To his dick. To his ankle. With Zach? <laughs> what kind of porn are you into? And who do you have to scrub the porn off of your computer when you die? Some S&M shit. Uh, Ryan throws him into a bus, throws Jeff Bridges into a bus. His hat goes flying away. My hat! There will be a mild, My- a mild callback to that later, clip. which doesn't clip. pay off at all. Please, please clip. That was just an excuse to get Marissa Miller's titties smashed up on a windshield. Yep, that's all that was. They go back to HQ. There's madness Whoa, going Zach, on. Zach, what? You gotta give us your best my hat. My hat! Now you can't do the southern. The coward, you're the coward! Too much tantrumery. All right, they've never seen it this busy. they got to get a surge under control. They throw the gold into evidence chamber or something. There's so much unnecessary CGI in this to, like, build the world. The massive machine is like a safe mixed with the dry cleaners. Right. Yes. That's Oh, that's perfect. Right. <laughs> Ryan is upset. What we call well-executed vision, Amin. Yeah, Amin has such low standards for us, Maze. That whenever we get the most basic shit right, he is amazed. Like, he is stunned. He's like, wow, you guys did it. Well, isn't that the fine how do you do? Ryan is obsessed with the gold. See, that's where you do it louder. You just fucked isn't up Isn't that a fine how do you do? Ryan is obsessed with the gold. He wants help from Jeff. He wants to use an informant. And Roy has the best informant. And then a Red Sox game. They're eating hot dogs but can't taste anything. Roy just enjoys the mouthfeel. Had to go to Fenway. Just had to yeah, do it. Of course, you're in Boston. Yeah, you're in Boston. How else, how else will they know? Is Kevin Bacon from Boston? Is anybody from Boston in this movie? He is from Boston in the last 15 minutes of this movie, yes. He was born in Philly. <laughs> All right, they're behind the green monster, inside the green monster, really, and it's Michael Malley time. Baby. Roy is trying on hats, and Ryan is interrogating Elliot. That's played by Michael Malley. Elliot knows a lot about his own funeral gets hit he apologizes he's gonna take a closer look at the gold he calls it crap says dettos are sentimental he would know if there was something else so they let him keep the gold and now they're following him 
as he flees with it. He's outside the stadium, and he meets with Kevin Bacon. He hands him the gold. Treachery. Total humiliation. It's just a pants-down spanking in the supermarket. How did he, That's when I wrote, how does he know what a supermarket is? Exactly. Exactly. It's where the best ankles are, I mean. He's so transfixed on jacking off to ankles. They follow him to Ryan Reynolds' house where the wife is. Kevin Bacon brings her cannolis. Bet he does. Baby. He asks her about uh, Ryan burying something. Roy says it's weird that he's there unless they have a pact where he scrubs the porn off his laptop for him. He gets that. Classy act. She shows him the orange tree. They pull the gold out from under the tree. Julia is pissed at Ryan Reynolds. Doesn't even know who he was. Roy wants answers. He says it was a victimless crime. By the way. Fuck this French bitch, all right? Like, this dude out She's here trying French. to give you the best life. So he got some gold buried She's, in the backyard. The oh, here. No, I don't know who he is. I was like, shut up. She's the villain here? That's what we're doing? Yeah, she uh, is. Unbelievable. Kind of a dick move to just give up on her man that quick. Did she? I don't know who he is. I don't know. Lube. <laughs> Lube. <laughs> The hippo. Be like the hippo. <laughs> All right. Roy starts getting punched by Ryan Reynolds, and then they follow Kevin Bacon as he leaves. They're following extremely closely and going up the slowest escalator possible. Do you guys walk up escalators? Usually. Or will you just ride it? <laughs> Do you enjoy the ride? Actually, that's the, I always think of the, the airport, those uh, the flat escalators, oh, yeah. the moving walkway. Got to walk. And people who are there for just the ride. And I'm just getting out of the that way it's wild to me that you would just stand on those things and and you know what's even wilder to me when the concourse is like the width of a football field and yet they only sprung for a moving walkway that is the size of exactly one human being right you can make those wider too you yes know? absolutely fucking airports roy isn't buying the sob story about how he only cares about his wife's thoughts of him Roy puts in perspective the universe. Learn to live with his regret. Pain until it turns into a dull, persistent ache. You think you're the only one who was cut down in his prime? You don't think I felt unresolved as my face was being devoured by a buzzard? Random guy walks up, tries to give uh, Marissa Miller the business card. Marvin Gaye plays. Says he does music videos. My home phone number is on the back. Roy says he'll castrate him. Like a three-year-old steer. This movie's about female empowerment. Halfway <laughs> through this movie... And none of it is interesting or funny to me. Also, there's a line where he says, why don't you try doing the China man thing? And I wrote, that's problematic. Oof. And he says engines a lot in this movie. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. At first, it was about Indian food. And I thought, okay, I'm going to let it slide because right. he is describing. But then later on. It's clearly about Native Americans. Yeah, he's complaining about like how hard life was in the Old West. And one of the things he, he lists is no account engines. Which is problematic. A dog is barking at someone there, and it's the big fat guy who is obnoxious. He meets up with bacon. He gives him a suitcase with the gold, and now they're following the fat guy. They grab him. They take him to the kitchen freezer with a bottle of cumin, and that's when I put, holy shit, this is Buzz from Home Alone. Thank you. Thank you very much. More of a briefcase, by the way. A suitcase. Suitcase is bigger. Usually isn't like looking like that. Briefcase. They used to have those a lot in the 80s and 90s. Before grown-ups decided to be like little kids and wear backpacks everywhere. I got my backpack with my satchel. Men used to be men. Got a sling Bring pack. a briefcase. Remember, remember when sling packs were like such a big fucking rage? What's a sling pack? Is that the messenger bag? Yeah, basically. It goes over your shoulder. Like it's not like a one-shoulder thing. It's going diagonally across the chest. 
It's going shoulder to opposite oblique. I know what you're saying. I never knew there was a difference. I thought that was just up to your discretion whether you wanted it on one shoulder across. But a, sling, the body. Uh, but a sling pack, you're not you're not making the decision. It's only why going not across. What if you did it on one shoulder? What would change? It's because you ride bikes, right? Like a messenger would. So it needs to stay strapped to your body when you ride your bike. Feels like we're rooted into something that is not interesting. A little bit more interesting than this movie, though. You picked it, motherfucker. <laughs> Call back the intro. The Cuban's bothering him. He gives him the case. He gets to keep roaming, or if he gives him the case, he gets to keep roaming around with his bitchin' ginger sideburns. Buzz says he's sick of hiding, and he snorts the cumin himself. By the way, Buzz calls him Panda Express, and I said, problematic. Problematic, yep. Uh, he starts bloating like crazy. It's very fat bastard, and we're back to the opening scene of the guy rushing out. He rushes out, and Roy yells, contain, contain. You know what's funny? Not this movie. I watched this scene, and I said, oh, maybe I have seen R.I.P.D. before, because I remember this. Completely forgetting this is the opening scene of the movie. <laughs> So it takes us about 50 minutes to get back to the opening scene. And it's just 50 minutes of exposition. Ugh. Pretty much. Roy fires a grappling hook into the Dedo's ass, says it's rodeo time. He's being dragged through the street as he holds on, and it causes a giant car pile up. Straight butt! <laughs> this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry! That's when we get the result of Ryan being smoked by a rolling car from the opening scene. We see the real-world version of what's happening. People rush over to James Hong, and he's holding a banana instead of a gun. He says he's okay, and he's gotta go. I remember that from the trailer. Yeah. James Hong killing it. Ryan is shooting at him as he runs up the building. Roy is getting dragged against the window. Windows, fat guy bursts through the window, starts running through an office floor. And that's when I put the note, what does it look like Buzz is? People think he's just running up a window. They haven't shown us what that looks like to the world. Or That apparently looks like what it is. Yeah, right, exactly. We find that out later. He breaks through an elevator shaft. Ryan gets into the elevator below. Buzz jumps down the shaft. Ryan gets his real gun out, shoots the elevator cable, says relax body, callback that I'm sure that matters. And the elevator flies up the shaft. Buzz, Ryan, collision course. They're wrestling for the case. Roy jumps onto the emerging elevator. The elevator breaks through the roof of the skyscraper and lands on the rooftop. And that's when I wrote, I'm not sure about the physics of this elevator scene. I'm here for a good, like, suspension of disbelief. But yes. I don't think you can, like, no. cut a cable and for it to cause the elevator not only move upwards, but to move upwards with such rapidity that it will crash through the very pulley system that is holding said cable and through the, the ceiling of the, the roof of the building and then fly upwards, right? It didn't just, like, peter out onto the roof. No, it cleared about 100 feet. It was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it was like Free Willy. A bit. You want me to clip Free Willy? I said, I bet. Oh, I bet. I was like, how do we clip that? <laughs> a, if you do clip it, you clip the... Yeah! All right, now clip that. Clip that, leave all this in. Yeah! Ryan gets out. He sees Roy hanging off the ledge. They see Buzz on the ground running away. Roy's Thank never seen much. one like that before. <laughs> Why does he keep doing the Elvis thing? Like, I, he's I wearing know. Elvis glasses. He's, I don't know. Burns, yeah. Proctor is admonishing them for letting him get away. She says, you don't have to investigate. You do as you're told because when you don't, this happens. We cut to a news report of the video and it says, whatever ran through the street today was not human. That's why I write the note. Just do the mind clearing device you're going to rip off later. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Now they have to deal with eternal affairs. <laughs> ah, I wrote the same note. <laughs> 
I wrote the same down. Roger gets a comically long report from them. Gold bucket arrives via pneumatic tube. They're pissed. Yeah, and just unnecessary set design. Says the gold brought in as part of a dangerous artifact known as the Staff of Jericho. The tunnel he went up to get to the afterlife? This artifact, if built, reverses the tunnel and the dead rain down on the earth. Massive destruction. This message is delivered on a massive scroll that's all drawings and diagrams. It was broken to pieces 3,000 years ago. There are a ton of diagrams. I did enjoy Ryan Reynolds saying, maybe feather it in for the new guy. Because they just started talking and none of us knew what the fuck they were talking about. And the moment that they needed exposition, they seemed to be short on it. Expositional affairs. And then uh, <laughs> he says, he says the line, why would someone make something like that? And I put my exact thoughts on this movie. Jeff Bridges, you selfish son of a bitch. <laughs> Bingo. Two for two, Zach. I wrote. <laughs> we got that too? His whole speech. I'm like, yeah, this movie. <laughs> why would anyone do this? Why would anyone write this into the, the plot of this movie? It's a great question. He starts shouting at the sky. Why, why would someone make something like that? Come on. Here I am. Willing the streets into order, making headway year after dominant year. And now everything I've done is being threatened because of some ancient totem port for kicks by some asshole 5,000 years ago. Look at you. So proud of yourself. Well, I've got an important tube. Uh, another report comes down. It's much shorter. They don't need to concern themselves. They've been suspended off the case. There's a formal hearing and they'll probably be erased. This is the most generic police movie bullshit. It's worse than... What's the fucking movie we just did? Takers. Takers. Yeah. It's worse than that. We're takers, gents. <laughs> I will never get over the moment when I thought he shot the moon with his fingers. Because <laughs> the gunshot sound. Because the gunshot goes... All right, with tomorrow being his last day, Ryan leaves, says he has somewhere more important to be. It's Julia running on, a, like, a track at night. And Ryan walks out, but obviously he's James Hong. <sighs> she wants to know why he's following her. He walks up to her, grabs her chin. Super creepy. She starts to enjoy it at some point. She allows this. And then she runs away. She First of all, she clearly, clearly climaxing that scene. Uh, second of clearly? all. So there's more tension with James Hong than with that initial scene in bed? Second of all. Again, this isn't ghost. Like, they try to go for the ghost thing where yeah. it's like... Oh, good call. I didn't even make that connection. You're right. Yes. They're trying to go for the ghost thing where it's like, it's not you, but you're doing something that only you used to do, except there was never a scene where he did that. It's just literally a random old Asian man grabbing her chin. Mm-hmm. And so then I wrote the note, would you be able to identify someone if they appeared as someone else? Either by a touch or maybe an inside joke or something like that. Uh, I mean, I guess so. Who? I guess I would like to think that if you're married to someone, there would be some kind of inside joke or intel or something that they could say to identify themselves. There would have to be something. But even then, I feel like I'm stretching. I'm not saying generically. I'm saying you specifically, Zach Harper. Do you have something? Would you, Zach Harper, be able to identify someone if they appeared to you as someone else? Probably not. What about you, Mace? I'm going to go with no, but is this why NBA players have handshakes for each member of their team? That's, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. 
Uh, for me, uh, I would absolutely recognize if Zach Harper appeared to me as someone else by virtue of the fucking awful movies he picks. Who picked R.I.P.D., you dick? Who picked it? You know, Who picked it? By the way, phobe. Get that out of the way going. right now. Keep going. All right, let me uh, update the spreadsheet <laughs> here. Okay. Uh, Roy was watching the whole time. He says he's freaking her out. In his day, he bought his love by the hour, but even he knows that Ryan is haunting her. I'm not from a time of sensitivities and emotionalism. Julia needs to have a world she can live in, meet someone new. Why does May sound like Mr. T when he does? His- yeah, it is. It is very Mr. T-ish. My accent is all over the place. I am not locked into this rooster yeah, cockroach. Well, that's okay. You could have been in this movie then. That was my punchline, but go ahead. I did have some bacon for breakfast this morning, so. They're arguing about becoming Zen. I also didn't eat today. I'm really fucking ornery. What? Ornery? Yeah. <laughs> this is the second time you've done this that's, on the well, pod. Well, that's a callback, you son of a bitch. Ryan doesn't want to hear it. Says in his stories, the coyotes were the heroes. Roy says the West was smelly and violent. I said, we know. We saw a million ways to die in the West. Great movie. And my next note, he says engines a lot in this movie. Problematic. One of them coyotes, he made love to my skull. Do you know what that practice is commonly called? I do. And I hope he got both of your eyes. Now Roy is playing an accordion on a dock somewhere? On a pier? This cut, like, they have this huge fight. (laughs) Next scene, they make up down by the river. He's playing the accordion. Singing a song that he wrote for the movie. Singing a song about being a better man. He says the song's called Better Man. He goes, yeah, I got that. I laughed at that. Even as I was confused as to after this big argument why they were still together. I would have thought one of them would have stormed off. But no, they decided to just hang out by the by the dock and l- listen to him sing this song. I'm sorry, it's amazing. You say he wrote this song? With T-Bone Burnett? Oh, my God. N- that's how we know he, got, he did this movie. Would you expect a man named T-Bone to be black or white? If I just tell you I'm I'm meeting up with my friend T-Bone, he's a musician. And I'll give you any information other than that. <laughs> All I can think of is the first episode of Arrested Development when T-Bone. Jeffrey Tambor <laughs> says he's loving prison. Hey, T-Bone. T-Bone. I haven't had a vacation in years. This is, this is my vacation. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm sleeping well. You're doing time. I'm doing the time of my life. Is that a pumpkin? Hey, T-Bones. Yeah. T-Bones, my roommate. Uh, He's a flamer. My next note. There are still 30 minutes left? Oh, yeah. This movie drags for a 90-minute movie. There's a coyote reference in the song. Ryan says maybe he took things too far. Roy says to take him an instrument the next day. Ryan says he's not going to take this line down. He wants help stopping an apocalypse. Hell, when you put it that way, you kind of paint me into a corner. Ryan says there's no way Bacon is just the bag man. He rode with him for five years, never noticed some kind of soul stank. Roy has heard of an artifact that can mask that. Holy shit, guys. You think it could be the charm bracelet? What a callback. Using it as spiritual deodorant. A rare artifact that could mask it. It's called exposition. (laughs) My next note. Fuck this movie. Fuck a meme. My next note, Bacon meets with some random guy for some final exposition, just in case you weren't sure he was a bad guy and gives him a piece of metal. My next note, did Michael O'Malley grow hair? Yes. Where's this guy from? It looks like him with a wig on, right? Right. They're going after him. Roy grabs the accordion, and it makes a sound that they hoped would be comical. It wasn't. (laughs) Kevin Bacon is talking to some dude that's either in a generic football jersey or a (laughs) hockey jersey. I couldn't tell. That's not Michael O'Malley with a wig on? I don't think so. Why would he have a wig? We're in Spencer Confidential rounding out the cast territory. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. 
says for 3,000 years, Jettos have been trying to pull this off. Nobody could get all that gold together until him. RIPD is not going to know what hit him. Says to go find some trouble. Julia calls Bacon about the meeting at the track. She thinks it's Nick trying to talk to him. He says he doesn't think he should that she should be alone right now. He's going to take her to lunch. Just then, they pull up to his place, and he sees them through the window. He has an idea that it's them. He grabs some sort of orb thing. The other half of the metal thing. Yeah. The Ryan goes around the house, and it's Marissa Miller getting invited in, and that's when Kevin Bacon asks, how about a little drinky-poo? Careful, man. There's a beverage here. Now, first of all, I've never heard of the term drinky-poo in my life. No. Second of all, I don't know what Maze just did there. What reference is that? I've been dropping a couple Big Lebowski references for you. Oops. You didn't pick up on that this whole time? No. What? He's I, done like just, 10 of them. I just assumed it was all from RIPD and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> she says she'll wet her beak. Uh, as he goes to get a massive gun from under the sink, Ryan slash James Hong walks in with it. Looking for this. Bacon knows it's him. Ryan says to take off the St. Christopher's medal. Uh, he does. All of a sudden the house starts rotting. Everything gets dilapidated. It cracks down the middle. Before they get to that, uh, Jeff Bridges comes out and pulls out the card and starts reading. It's late on Ash Wednesday. We can skip that part, Roy. I did laugh at that. And that's the moment where I said, he has a Boston accent now? Because this is where it comes in. Where's the gold, dead man? He says, check the water heater. And that's when Kevin Bacon all of a sudden has a Boston accent says, freaking super cop here. Yeah. Where has this accent been the whole movie? Is he supposed to be like, that's who he was as a dead guy? And he I just disguised it when he became a cop because somehow... He thought, like, a cop with a Boston accent in Boston would be too conspicuous. Is it commentary on how the city of Boston just has soul stank on it for every person there? And that's where the accent comes from? They're all deados. Marissa grabs the gold. Bacon says the cowboy talk thing has kind of turned him on. As they leave to the car with Bacon, he's smiling. Why is he smiling? Bacon wants to know what it's like working with Ryan Reynolds. Also, apparently, he's got a story about getting shot and almost dying and getting a medal, and I don't care. Hey, how do you like working with this guy? Hangs on a little tight to stuff, huh? What we got together is none of your damn business. Where's the rest of the gold, Hayes? See what I mean? Won't let it die. Hey, Nick. Remember when I got shot? Got that medal? You couldn't believe I pulled through? Wild guess you didn't pull through. I'll get killed by some junkie and go to hell because I took a little on the side to pay for lap dances? No, I don't think so. Who gets to make that call? I don't accept it. Hey, let me ask you something. What do you think eternal punishment's going to be like, Hayes? Hell can kiss my ass. I'm staying right here. Lap dancing. Back at HQ, there are a lot of deados. Roy says he brought in all this gold and starts talking loud so Proctor can hear. I wrote, did they fuck at some point? Is that what they're intimating? Did Roy and Proctor fuck? I didn't even ask the question. I just said, yes, they fucked, and they're going to tell us later. Because when he says, my whole ass is mine, or whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> Come on, plug it, go grill us up some steaks. <laughs> what, was, what were you going to ask about the baseball team? You think their favorite baseball team is the Ditto Sox? It was better in the moment. Like, it's not one of those ones you can come back to. <laughs> I just moved a movie up the list. <laughs> <laughs> for that. 
as he books the gold, he also books the orb into evidence. Hey, they just booked something like that. Toss it in the same basket. It starts moving together. Spins some bullshit. Cut to Kevin Bacon sitting with the other deados. And he says, nice thing about being a deado is they can't hear certain frequencies so well. They got one of those artifacts for everything. Ryan gets worried, warns Roy, but the orb lets out a shockwave that freezes everybody except the deados. Bacon says, uh, you didn't think I'd let you bring me in here if I didn't want to be here all along. He explains that it freezes them. They go for the gold. As they escape, Roy shoots the orb. Deto's in the street. Now they're building the gold artifact on a rooftop of the Commonwealth building. They're doing this really fucking fast. (laughs) It's very Suicide Squad-esque. They're wasting RIPD officers. Roy says it's just like Main Street and Dodge City. They picked the wrong venue to take a stand. I invented this shit. I invented this shit. Do you have to use so many cuss words? I mean, you do it. I can't do it. I invented this shit. I invented this shit. I invented this shit. Bobby Newport. <laughs> Clip that in, <laughs> Parks and Rec. Bobby Newport's never had a real job in his life. Bobby Newport's never had a real job in his life. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. Newport. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby Newport. I mean, do you think you would be good in a Wild West quick draw? No, absolutely not. I would, not only would I not, like, be quick, I would 100% like fumble the draw and like the, the barrel of the gun would hit against the, the holster before it's all the way out. And then I drop the gun and then I'd ask her, can we do that again? And then I pick it back up and then I would pull it out and it would get caught on the holster. And then raise the fingers there one more time. And then the third time I shoot myself in the leg. I'm doing it right now. I'd be so good at drawing it out. I'd be so quick at that, but I think my aim would be terrible. You just <laughs> you shot a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Maze, what about you? You're too tall. Never mind. Yeah, too much target area. Dedos unjam a Gatling gun. Roy wastes them. Now Roy goes on some dumb fuck lecture about Old West fighting. Let's learn you a few things about Old West fighting. First, only a novice hides in a church steeple. It's the first place I'm going to look. Second place, hotel window every time. I guess there's only one novice in their crew. Sometimes the window guy is on the roof. They notice stuff being sucked up toward the rooftop. Two officers pick up Julia, care of Kevin Bacon. Dettos are guarding the Commonwealth building. Buzz closes it off. Butthole tornadoes are forming all over Boston. Butthole tornadoes everywhere. Butthole tornadoes as far as eyes can see. They're driving toward the building. Ryan says that's where they'll be heading. He says, yeah, good read. You're agreeing with me. That's weird. Feels strange. Kind of tingly. They're being followed. CGI for this movie is so unnecessary, and there are zero stakes added to it. There's no point where there's tension. This car chase is ridiculous. Starts raining cars like in Fast and the Furious that they shot in Cleveland. Yes. Walk through that set. What a moment. God. What a moment that was. I've told that story before, right? Yeah. I walked through the set, and I did not know that's what was happening. Right. I I thought there was an actual, like, 17-car (laughs) pileup. You're like, holy shit, man, what happened here? I almost called, I legit almost called 911. <laughs> you would have been shot over <laughs> Fast and the Furious set. <laughs> Officer, come quick! Oh, Lord! This racism is killing me inside. Bacon's waiting for the final piece. Julia's headed there. Could she be the final piece? He wants to show her his real self. He pours pepper on himself, transforms into a dedo. He definitely sprinkles out the cumin like you would cocaine. 
Uh, Kevin Bacon, expert cocaine doer in movies. Helicopter news report gets hit by construction equipment, so they're dead. Fucking helicopter. This is so unnecessary. Yeah, it got smoked. Buzz is shooting at them. They hit him with the car. Dedos jump on. They jump the car through the air. It spins. They land. Buzz says they can't shake them. Still here, dicks. And I wrote, still here, dicks. That's the message this movie is giving to us. It's still here, and we're the dicks for watching it. Car crash on purpose, so then they shoot him. He's gone. Bacon explains the the portal to Julia, puts the final piece in, says it involves human sacrifice. X marks the spot. She'll jump before he can touch her. He says it's an honor. Ryan emerges on the roof with Roy. He shoots a dead O. Bacon grabs Julia with his rod. Biggest tornado butthole yet forms in the sky. Frantic camera movements. He stabs her. We get a shootout on the rooftop. Her blood gets sucked into the artifact. Ryan's going to go get Julia. Roy's going after the artifact. That golden pecker's coming down. You frosty? I say hot, partner. Shootout happens. Zero tension. It's raining dead. Hallelujah, it's raining dead. That's my next note. I don't really remember why that's in there. Because the dead people are raining. Oh, they were coming down. That's right, yeah. Bacon and Ryan start fighting. (laughs) It's literally that simple. (laughs) It could have, couldn't have been more self-explanatory. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What happened, Zach? He says he didn't have to be Julia, but he couldn't resist bringing it full circle. She reaches for him. He grabs the rod. Stabs Bacon. Gets thrown to the ground. Roy can't get it to stop. Bacon is hitting Ryan with a giant piece of concrete. He says, do some cowboy stuff. Roy is just trying to pull the staff apart with his hands. The mean fall asleep in this pod. No, no, I like I ran out of notes. So oh, like, okay. this, is the, <laughs> this is literally the part where I was just watching so that I would know what was happening when right. we, we got to the point. But he lassoes the construction equipment that killed the news team. Dedo's raining down. Ryan gets beaten with cinder blocks. Roy pulls the construction equipment down on the artifact, crushing it. Dedo's back. To the sky, the portal's closed. They get sucked back up into the butthole. Bacon turns around and Ryan has a gun pointed at his head. He says, well, partner. And James Hong with a banana says, I have a new partner. He shoots Bacon. He's gone. He runs to Julia. She's got to be dead at this point. And then everything freezes. She is dead. Oh, I legit thought it was like a, uh, again, like the movie Ghost. Because his tour of duty was about to be over. No, it hasn't been a hundred years. Okay, no, I didn't, like, I didn't, I missed that part. It's been three or four days, I mean. Three or four days. I missed that part. (laughs) She sees Ryan's Ryan, she missed him, they kiss, he apologizes, she says it's okay, they're back together now. He says it's what he wanted, but not like this, she has a life to live. She doesn't want to say goodbye, he says you can't stay here, she wakes up in a hospital bed. There's a doctor that kind of looks like Tony Brothers, and (laughs) as he walks out, we see that it's actually Proctor, she's going to be okay. He owes Proctor now. Time to settle up. Eternal's affair. I had the hearing without him. Ryan is let off with a warning. Roy gets 53 years added. This is honky-tonk bullshit. She hands him a new cowboy hat. But it's apparently the same cowboy hat, but I thought it was a different color. My hat! No, it's the same hat, right? Okay. It doesn't matter. He says he could have bought her flowers once or twice. She gets close to him, says she likes violets. Oh. Then she bites his chin hair, which is fucking disgusting. Dude, I thought she said, I like violence. I was like, that's a kind of weird message to have at the end of this movie. And then she, he says, she billy-goated me. Something we used to do. He's mad. She covered up her ankles. That's so disgusting. It's the third time he's been extended. He got Ryan a present. He has a new ID. And Ryan is mad at the new ID. He's a ginger Girl Scout with headgear braces now. She and Marissa drive off. Roll credits. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Did you see the uh, after the credits scene?
That's my bit. Isn't it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> future callback. <laughs> is that a future callback? <laughs> Do the intro next time. Great Scott. All right. In a Reddit AMA discussion, Jeff Bridges said that he enjoyed making this movie with the cast and crew, but attributed its failure to studio interference. He said, the suits just cut it against the grain and I thought screwed it up. He described the film as underwhelming. What could they have possibly changed that this movie would have been good and became my least favorite movie of all time? That's a good question, man. <laughs> what just, could have changed? I just ran through 96 minutes of awful trying to think of like, what did they cut out? Like, oh, this scene would have tied it all together. Maybe the guy that he's hanging out with that we thought was Michael Malley with the wig. Maybe that brings it all together. I'm just saying, like, this movie isn't, like, movie 43 no. or Problem Child, where there is a very legitimate... I'm not saying they would have saved the movie, but it sounds legitimately like it would have made a different movie-watching experience if it had been done a certain way. Zach Galifianakis was originally cast as Roy Powell. Unbelievable. But dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. What would that movie have been? What would that movie have been? This was not screened in advance for critics. Jodie Foster was considered for the role of Proctor. I guess because she did Flight Plan with this dude. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. I would have eagerly watched sexual tension between Jodie Foster (laughs) and Jeff Bridges. In that Kyle Smith of the New York Post review... He said, for a movie that so strenuously rips off Ghostbusters and Men in Black, RIPD manages to come up with fresh new ways of being absolutely terrible. The plot manages to be fully predictable and freakishly bonkers at the same time, seemingly born of the same kind of brainstorming on LSD session that must have given us Howard the Duck. I really felt like whoever wrote this movie was high, watched Men in Black, sobered up, but forgot that they'd watched Men in Black. And then wrote this movie thinking, oh, my God, I've, I've come up with it. And really all it is is just them writing Men in Black from memory. See, I think they were watching Men in Black on TNT, high as fuck, fell asleep, woke up hours later, and Ghost was on. And he went, motherfucker, I figured it out. I really don't think it was intentional. I think they really thought they came up with something completely original forgetting that they'd watch this movie i think that there was a child incubated in a lab that only ever watched ghostbusters men in black and ghost (laughs) and years later after typing on a typewriter for 10 years this movie appeared do you know there was a video game r.i.p.d a video game yeah what platform playstation 3 and xbox 360 oh i still have my ps3 in the garage all right let's buy that game for the train train. bring for the train and we're gonna beat that game on the train oh you know what? And I'm going to slip my wrist with a Theodore Rex DVD. No, no, no. You know what? We need that PS3 for the train because that's what we're going to watch the DVDs oh, on, right? Oh, you know what? Now that's efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll bring some C4. <laughs> the game is a co-op three or a co-op third-person shooter set around a survival mode. It was developed by Old School Games and features gameplay similar to the previous game, god mode it says just like its film counterpart r.i.p.d the game received mostly negative reviews you can see roy driving the car with what's commonly known as a suicide knob on his steering wheel the knob itself was an eight ball roy was literally behind the eight ball it's fucking stupid the license plate of the vcr repair car has the license plate 314159 the first six digits of pi okay apparently there was some numerology in this movie that i didn't pick up on sure whatever we got some tweets from the late Carl Reiner, July 21st, 2013. Against my better judgment, I'm going to see RIPD tonight and hope to find my prejudging to be unnecessarily judgmental. We'll report. 
later on. R.I.P.D. colon R.I.P. Possibly the very worst movie ever made. I say possibly because I have not seen every movie. And then reaction to my R.I.P.D. comments will allow me to sleep well in the knowledge that today I have done a bit of good Samaritanizing. That was one tweet too many from Carl Reiner. It would have made sense if it said good sodomizing. The five crimes committed by R.I.P.D. by Emmett Asher Perrin. Crime number one, it is soporific. Crime number two, the dead stay dead and gross and stuff. Crime number three, the living disguises. Crime number four, this movie has no idea who it's for. Crime number five, Ryan Reynolds. I feel like this person didn't watch the movie. Someone watching the Clippers lose and surmise that crime number one, Reggie Jackson. Want to show up? Crime number two, Patrick Beverly didn't give us enough scoring. Crime number three, Lou Williams. Do you want to guard anybody? Like you're just skipping over the major parts of why the movie was terrible. What do we got? Golden Dumpster? Oof, this was very, very tough to figure out. Roland Dumpster nominees, giant CGI buttholes in the sky, Jeff Bridges as Rooster Cogburn in a different movie, James Hong with his banana, Marissa Miller's cleavage, icy hot product placement, the VCR repair shop, I did kind of like that detail, Fat Elvis, Kevin Bacon's secret Boston accent, helicopter news report, and Billy Goading. I'm going to go with James James Hong with the banana. And this can be bad, right? Oh, yeah. It's just the movie. Come on, you can't do that, man. Why not? Come on, man, scrape scrape a little. For the listeners, man, just pick something. You know what? The emergence of a Boston accent from Kevin Bacon 88 minutes into the movie. <laughs> That's a great golden dose. See, I like that. Now we've made it a more pleasurable listening experience. Oh, no, don't fans. don't Vince Vaughn me in break up, in the breakup. Don't do that. Don't I put let's put some lemon on the chicken yeah, that burned yeah. my mouth. And now and now we <laughs> We had a more pleasurable dining experience as opposed to something nice to look at. I'm going with my man, Jeff Bridges. I don't know if I'll get another shot at this. Give it to us. He's in another movie, but it's fine. I mean, full profile. This movie was, I mean, like, you ever talk, you know the saying, cut off your nose despite your face? Mm-hmm. I feel like I caved my entire face in. <laughs> like, I just took a gelo- giant melon baller and scoop, like, just everything out and it just left a cavernous very smooth uh concave hole where my face used to be i hope the coyotes skull fuck it then oh they did it all i they skull fucked me anal and i don't even know how you can do that <laughs> i don't even know how that works i wish we had one of those uh twitter accounts that's just cinephobe out of context yeah <laughs> coyote style <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's the, the, like, and and I like Ryan Reynolds. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I call it like, oh, they're trying to be cute because of Ryan Reynolds. But I won't lie, man. Like, there, there are things that he says that I laugh. I laugh when he said "wet." I laugh when he said when he said, "Is that you trying to sound like a cop?" I laugh when he when he said, uh, "Yeah, I got that." When he was singing the Better Man song. You know what? I, I kind of laughed. I'm going to file it. Isn't that a fine how do you do? Maze. I said, isn't that a fine how do you do? I'll go. Uh, I phobed it earlier. I'm phobing it now. I know what it means trying to do here. And what am I going to do? You're trying to anger me. I enjoyed it. No, you didn't. I, no, I la- like Ryan Reynolds made me laugh. I like when I went through it and I looked through my notes, I'm like, you know what? 
A lot of this movie is bad, but Ryan Reynolds made it entertaining enough for me to never feel actually bored up until like the last five minutes. No, 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 no. You, Maze, I don't want to create extra work for you, but there is a part in this where he's just like in this episode where Amin was basically saying like, you know, this is an awful movie. I hate this movie. We don't even have to clip that part back in. He just said he caved his own face. <laughs> he got skull fucked anally. Right. That was two minutes ago. <laughs> Upon further contemplation and reflection, I realized that I did kind of. <laughs> like... You're not. <laughs> this is what you're saying. No, you're... Okay, yourself. You got to cut... cut that. You can't... <laughs> 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 what, ba- bossa... bossa nova. That is, bossa that is nova. extremely funny, but I agree. We have to cut that. <laughs> got to bossa nova that. Oh, I still gotta make my fucking pick after this? Jesus. Ah, this movie. I gotta go Fober file on this. Yeah, this this might, you know, determine whether this is actually a, <sighs> a cinephobe-approved movie. Two out of three makes it cinephobe-approved, right? Is that a new thing we're doing? I love Jeff Bridges. Zach, you're saying he's a parody. Yeah, he's a parody. They cast him to be a parody. They feed him a bunch of bullshit lines. But he's just Rooster Cogburn. He's just Rooster Cogburn for like three straight years here. He's just hanging out with T-Bone Burnett, playing the accordion, and they paired him with Ryan Reynolds, which is not a good pairing. I did Their banter was up there with the worst banter we've ever had. It's terrible banter. The plot was just, like, what the fuck? It's three different movies that we've all already seen that are all good, and they did them all bad. Mary Louise Parker, what is she doing? <sighs> Man, I gotta phobe it. I'm phobing it. Of course, of course. You're not trying to be cute I like, here. I like. I like how it was on on the on the precipice. I wasn't bored. I was, but it wasn't bad enough to be funny, like Lawnmower no. Man. No, 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 no. It wasn't bad enough to be funny, and yet I laughed. I don't believe you. You're just doing this to anger me. That's all you're doing. It's why you picked the movie. It's why you filed the movie. It's just to anger me. It's just so you can say, oh, yeah, the one time I was the only one that filed R.A.P.D. And that's Zach's least favorite movie. And it's just you trying to piss me off. I mean, it's on sci-fi next week. I think I might tune in. I fucking hope you do. I hope you watch every single minute with commercial breaks and all. Yeah, the commercial breaks might be tough. Straight butt. My hat. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. Whose pick is it? (laughs) That's how I laughed at Eternal Affairs. (laughs) You know whose pick it is, motherfucker. All right. And this is the thing. No, 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 no. See, this is. I need you to understand that this wasn't the card to play. Don't you have a podcast to get to, by the way? I do. I got 13 minutes. You should have saved this for the train. The only way it could have hurt me was unstopped on the train. I broke this up over three viewings (laughs) over the last 24 hours. And I was able to get through it. What did you do in between? Did you like hit the heavy bag? Did you, (laughs) did you bloodlet in the bathroom? What were you doing? 
jerk off. It jerked off a lot. Just couldn't stop myself. A- angrily jerk. Just <laughs> angrily. There's got to be somebody who climaxes when they're mad. Like, that's their thing. Like, they like I, did, I did today. I invented this shit. And so, like, you played this so poorly. And now, I'm going to unleash a chain of picks that will actually make you quit the show. I Here's said, I said, no, 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 hold on. I said this whole time, I will never do this movie. I will quit the show before I do this movie. It's non-negotiable. And yet, I changed my tune. The second you picked it last week, I decided, oh, that's how he wants to play it. I'll play it that way. I'll play it all night long. You fired the first salvo Mm -hmm. when you picked After Earth. Because I asked you to take it back. Because I remember we had an argument. I said, pick it. And you said, After Earth. And then I apologized in the moment. Uh I apologized to you and Uh I said, take it back. Uh-huh. You can't. You say I played my card too quick. You played After Earth. There's, it can't oh, get worse than I? After Earth. Oh, oh, it can't. Are nope. you sure about that? I'm positive. No, this is the thing. We're acting like children. Like we're acting like children on this pod. But I'm fine with that. Oh no! Here comes a Zach Harper segue. I don't want us to act like grownups. Too. We're doing grownups too next. We're not even doing grownups. No, I'm not giving you the context of the first one. We're diving straight fucking into Grown Ups 2. And, and I sort of feel bad that Maze is collateral damage, and then I remembered he picked Jupiter Descending. So fuck you two, all right? Both you. Both you. We're getting a Sandler movie, and it's not a good one. Grown Ups 2. Is it on anything? Oh, good. You guys are just locked in a fucking rental battle. This is great. Begun the rental wars have. 